Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Naked Professor's podcast. I'm Ben Bidwell, otherwise known as the Naked Professor. And this month, we've been diving into masculinity. We've had a brilliant roundtable conversation uh, with Rick and Mason, um, looking at all things masculinity, how men can be better, why it's great to do the journey, um, to work on yourselves, how we can grow, all this beautiful stuff that I just loved. And then I'm following that up with two more single op- uh, episodes this month. This one today with an incredible man called Ben Hurst, who did an amazing TED Talk that I watched a couple of years ago called Boys Will Be Boys. And... He's got a powerful voice. It fits in with everything that's so relevant right now. And just really, you're here in this conversation. It's my honor just to sit and listen to him. He's a beautiful man. He's got a powerful voice. I love the way he shows up. I love the message that he's sharing. So I hope you enjoy it. You're going to learn a whole lot more about masculinity and what it means to be a man in a healthy way. So over to Ben. Ben, it's really beautiful to sit in a space with you. I've, I've followed you for a long time. I listened to your podcast a long time ago, and I've re-listened to it now. Um, uh, thank you so much for being with me. I can't wait for this conversation. I'm really kind of so topical right now. Thank you for having me, man. It's so nice to be here. I feel like podcasting is such a weird experience in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Do you do, do you do this often? Sorry, that might be a really bad way to start an episode of a podcast, but it feels, it feels so weird. Um, I don't know. I've never thought about it, actually. I think it happens all over the place. I kind of, um, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes. I'm not yeah. finding it weird, if I'm honest with you. But I feel like also I literally just woke up. Like I was up and in. So that's a nice feeling. Whatever you're getting today is going to be the 100% truth of the situation because i have no filter for like the first hour and a half of being awake perfect so we got you at the right time yeah this is it this is this is exactly what i'm looking for and actually so on that note i i um for me like what brings so much authenticity to a conversation is is to feel someone to actually like understand where they're at and so often like you know even with my friends you know i say how you doing and they go yeah i'm good thanks how are you and off the conversation goes and you know i could spend a couple of hours with someone but i've never actually kind of connected with how they are it's like I've heard of all the stuff they've done and da 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 but I'm this part of me and I think this is because I am I am a sensitive man you know I do like to connect on that level the simplest way for me to do that is just to, for us to sit in a space now and if I could just really ask you like how, how are you right now but like for us to really go there like really what's going on in your heart and, and if, if it makes it easier I'm very happy to kick off and kind of and, and go there first. <laughs> you go you go first. <laughs> How are you doing? Okay, okay, okay. And I'll always like it's my mission in life to answer this question honestly. Mm-hmm. You know? Um so how I am doing is is actually very different from how it's been last couple of months. It's been quite challenging last couple of months for many for many different reasons. The last couple of weeks I found a whole lot of inspiration. I found like a new energy. I had a combination of the sun coming out, me like changing my attitude, mm. um, going back to the gym, um, just feeling that masculine energy again, sort of feeling like I'm, 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 I'm taking myself out of my comfort zone. I'm being proactive, and I just, it's just, there's just a whole like new energy that's come into mm. me, and I feel alive and on purpose and inspired right now, and um, I'm just like leaning into that. Because the last couple of months, yeah, it hasn't. You know, it's been a, a bit of a long old slog for me. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I feel good right now, and it's yeah, I've got kind of energy running through my veins. Do you know what I mean, bro? That's so good. That's so nice. What a nice way to be feeling. And I feel like it's it's been like such a hard period of time. Do you know what I mean? Like people just deserve 
to feel, almost deserve to feel okay or to feel good or to feel inspired. Like I feel like the last, and do you know what's weird about it is it, it's been, I don't know, for me, it's been like specifically the last couple of months as opposed to like the last year. The whole, I didn't find the whole period of time hard, like while like COVID's been going on and all of that kind of stuff, but there's really specific like pockets of time that have, I don't know if it's like, I'm not really like a, astrology person i don't know if like mercury's in retrograde again or like jupiter's in his seventh house or whatever but something is fucking stuff up and <laughs> making me feel like weird but yeah it's nice that's so nice that you that you feel like inspired and good you gotta hold on to those things when they come right totally and do you know what and, and i'd love to get to how you're feeling as well but for me like this is part of why I want to show up honestly when I ask that question and why for like the last couple of months I've owned the fact that it's been quite difficult and it's been mm. challenging and like this is not that like I'm drowning in it but I'm just like this is where I'm at and this is what I'm feeling this is the energy that's inside of me it's it's I don't feel at my best because then when the energy does start to flow and like some shifts happen and there's you know I see some like moments of inspiration and hope and like things are building mm. and I can also own that as well and it's not like oh chill out Ben like you're always banging on about how great your life is <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah like, you can feel that there's a truth to it hopefully there's and that's my goal you know I want to feel people's truths and that means celebrating the good or the bad like whatever and like we can't just be I don't like this sort of toxic positivity of always trying to pretend everything's great because it's like it just doesn't hold any truth for me I want to feel people's realness. That is the most disingenuous shit ever. It's so jarring as well. Like when people are like, yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? Just tell the truth. Yeah. No, I feel you. So how are you, brother? How, how are you feeling? What's inside of you? Um, do, do you know what? It's really, uh, this is a really interesting question when you actually have to think about how to answer it. How am I today? Um, I'm feeling, um, like this morning in particular, I'm feeling like pretty sleepy, but I'm, I, I guess I'm also feeling uh, relatively level with like this nagging sense of like something's going to go bad, like in the in the background, you know what I mean? I feel like I, I have like a pretty constant low level of anxiety that's like, that just kind of sits there. Um, and so I can feel it like, and uh, it's really interesting. I've been doing therapy recently. Um, and I was talking to my therapist, I think it was on Tuesday and we were talking about being sad and, um, I don't spend, I don't feel like I spend very much time as a person in that space. Like, I, like obviously I feel sad, but I think I'm very like, right, how do you fix it? Like, what do we do to get out of it? Whether it's like have a bath or get up or go for a walk or whatever. I don't go for walks, that's a lie. But whether it's go and do something um, or watch something or like, even if it's just make a cup of tea, um, I'm pretty like in a small way, like, uh, solutions focus and so we were talking about being sad and we were talking about something that had made me feel sad and I was like ah oh, I I feel sad and I don't know what to do with the feeling and she was like maybe you just feel the feeling um which is something that I'm not good at and I'm trying to like learn to practice to allow myself to kind of just sit, stay in that space so I feel I feel like along with the like nagging anxiety thing there's also this feeling of like maybe a, a sadness like about I don't know like about a specific situation but also about nothing in particular and actually this is really interesting so we like one of my tasks in the last couple of weeks was to write an obituary about myself um because I think I I've been struggling with like identifying like purpose and and what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to achieve I'm feeling happy with myself in that um and I found it really really hard and I think that was part of the thing that was making me feel a bit sad was like I instantly jumped to like Ben did this or Ben was working on this thing or he knew these people was in these places as opposed to like who I am and how maybe the impact that that has or I perceive it has on the world um, or just on myself. Uh, so I'm like, I'm in the middle of all of that kind of stuff. And I try to not like, I quite actively try to not think about things like throughout the day, um, which I think is why it turns into this kind of like weird, just anxiety thing in the background. So I'm working, like I'm working on all of that stuff. Um, and today I'm feeling yeah aside from that like okay I feel pretty motivated like I, I I think when I have days where I have to like show up for stuff that pulls something out of me that's like pretty 
nice. Like a, a part of myself that I like. So I'm like, oh, I have to like turn up and do a podcast or I have to turn up and do this thing. But also like at the same time, like that feeling of wanting to get to a space where I don't have to rely on that to feel okay. Do you know what I mean? That was, sorry, that was like a big, not sorry. It's okay to talk about how you feel, but that was a big jumble of, stuff and i'm not sure if it entirely made sense but it was honest that is how i'm feeling <laughs> and do you know what it was beautiful and i, lo- I was thinking as, as as you were talking i was like i couldn't help but like i love where this question can go it's like when we mm. actually like go it's like because like emotions don't necessarily make sense like yeah. they're not like you can't rationalize them all like they're, they're such a complex thing right and like you know we feel a lot and it could be like i feel happy but i also feel sad like how do we make sense of that but it's like yeah. well i feel happy about this but i feel sad about that and it depends what i'm where my attention's going like right. i don't know like and it's like to the rational mind it, you can't so like i love the big jumble of like truth you know it's yeah. like have this like I don't know what to do with it I feel like that's how you know a feeling's genuine when it doesn't make sense <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> like the the rationality of it and also it's so interesting like how we try and pull thoughts back and like re- I feel like I have like a second person that lives inside my brain that's like an editor that's like everything that I feel is like mm, I'm, are you sure that that's how you feel or like or maybe don't say that in that way it's so weird so so weird oh, yeah, I totally hear you I totally hear you but I love I just you know, I love, I love these kind of conversations and I love mm. talk like this is because this is like, I feel you when we're talking about this, I feel you. It's not like if I, if we let this and we start talking about Man United v Man City, sure. It's like a conversation. <laughs> yeah. I don't really get to know anything about you. Like as a person, a character, it doesn't make me feel connected to you in any sense. It's just right. like, what's well, like a basic level. It's a, it's a low level form of connection, but you know, I, I like just sitting in this space and talking about the truths inside of us of what's going on is for me is, is a beautiful thing. And something like leading onto this conversation, something that, you know, is not that typical for men, right? Mm. Yeah, it's not, it's definitely not something that we're good at. Um, practice, obviously massive generalization, but I don't feel like it's something that we're, and I, do you know what? I feel like it's really easy to shit on men. Like it's, it's easy to be like, we're not good at doing it. But I think also there's an element of it where it's like something that we're not taught to do. Um, and like from a really early age, there's no space held for like, that kind of processing of emotions, you know what I mean? If you're crying, it's like, get over it, like get up, come on, rub your knees off and like, you'll be fine. As opposed to like, how do you actually feel about this situation? And what does that emotion do? Like, what does that make you want to do? Like how, like all of, none of those questions are ever asked. And it's, yeah, it's weird. Like as you get older, like you realize that you don't have like the, the capacity, not the capacity, but like the facilities to, navigate emotions do you know what I mean like to be like oh I I, even identifying them sometimes I'm like I feel angry and actually it's like embarrassment or shame or like any like kind of mix of other random emotions so yeah I think it's good it's good for men to like force themselves to be in environments where they have to like even if it's just for short periods of time like show up and be honest about what they're feeling and what they're thinking. I'm, I'm with you all the way. One thing that I've, I've, I've sort of immersed in my head in at the moment, there's something that's jolted by something that I read. It said that the way that society presents it is that it teaches men to think that we're less sensitive than we mm. really are. And it teaches women to think they're not as strong as they really are. Mm. And like there's this disparity. And actually like uh, what you just said, I think you're so right. Like I think men are way more sensitive than actually they, they, they believe or they, yeah. they, they know themselves as because they just become conditioned to, to bury that part of them. And then they just, that's naturally their way now. And it's like, well, I'm just not sensitive. I don't feel like, and I speak from experience, right? For 30 years, I like, I was so blocked out and, and, you know, I couldn't tell my mom, I loved her, who's just an amazing woman. And I, and I did love her deeply all the time, but there's no way I could express that, show it, or like even let her really know it. Right. But it was inside of me. It's just that I just didn't think that that's how to thrive as a man. Mm. And, I, and I did it for so long that it was I became stuck in that pattern. I was like, well, that's how I am. It's uncomfortable for me to embrace love. So obviously, I'm just not loving. Yeah. And then I've done the work and like rewiring or continue to do the work. It's like my truth comes through. And it's like, oh, geez, I really am sensitive. And like, <laughs> I love, love everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love everything. Love. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I think that's true for a, a lot of men. But we just, you know, it took a freak thing for me to do the work. Yeah. Most people don't go through that freak thing to ever do the work. And, you know, that that's, that's I think it's a massive shame because I'd love men to be able to tap into this side of them more. Yeah. And I believe it's the side of them, I do. And it's, it's, it's so interesting, like, you speak about, like, the freak 
the freak thing, right? And I think there's it's either inspiration or crisis that like drives a person to to explore a thing or to change a thing and i think it's really unfortunate that it often takes crisis for us to get to that space but like even while you were speaking like the word that the feeling that i felt when you said the word sensitive like there's still something inside of me even like after doing like i've been doing work around masculinities for maybe six seven eight years now and like even still like the feeling that the idea of sensitivity like brings up in me is like a uh, i don't no i don't want to like that's not a thing that we're supposed to do and then it's just sad in it because you like all of the stuff like you miss so much shit when you don't allow yourself to inhabit those spaces and there's so many like really good really bad good and bad are like very sub like objective terms but like really like amazing and like really devastating like emotions that you can feel um like on a spectrum and you just allow yourself to feel none of them it's almost like you're like you're not even having a human experience do you know what i mean like when you're not i watched soul the other day have you seen that like the the disney film i haven't but i have heard people oh. talk about this now yeah i forgot yeah. about it I, I really did it. Somebody told me it was like really emotional. So I put put off watching it for ages. Um, and I watched it the other day. I'm going to try really hard not to give any spoilers. But I think that like that idea of like what it means to like be fully human and to like show up every day um, is it, like it explores it really well. Um, and I think that that's a real shame that like we don't so often for men like I, I i always think about like the analogy of being at a football stadium and i feel like that's one of the only times that men like are allowed to like be fully there do you know what i mean to be fully present and like they're so like elated and overjoyed and they are so deeply immersed in emotion that they're like hugging and kissing other men and like high-fiving and celebrating crying like when their team loses like there's so much like whatever whether it's good or bad like that they're fully there and they're fully experiencing the emotion and then like they walk out they might go to the pub and then once that's over, it's like, right, back to business. Like, <laughs> let's shut it all down, guys. We're finished for today. It's time to go back home. And like, even like when I think about my my own family, like my dad is a like an amazing, amazing, amazing man. And But there is this element of him that's like really stoic. Um, and it's so weird to see it because then when you see him outside of the household, he's like a different person. He's like the most charismatic person in the world. Like, I feel like... I get my charisma from my dad and growing up, I was like, I don't know what the hell this is. Like, I don't know where it's come from. Why is this like charisma? Oh, I wouldn't have used the word, but why is this thing that's like so loud and so bubbly inside of me? Cause I don't see it in even my parents. Um, and it was in my dad the whole time. He just didn't show it to us in the house. Um, and it feels like that kind of dynamic where like as men, we kind of just, shut that thing down whether it's because we feel we have like responsibility or we we feel like we need to project strength or be the one that's in control of a situation or whatever it might be it's like mm, like the time for emotions is over like you're not meant to do that here and there's like specific select places where you're allowed to like fully do it and then you just close it back down again it's so weird i'm so with you i'm so with you on all of that and and you're right like going back to what you said at the beginning as well in terms of like you know when i say i'm sensitive i there's still a part of me that's like oh like is that am i just can i be judged for that am i weak for saying mm. that you know and, and it's still i guess i've like a massive part for me around this whole thing of masculinity is is allowing myself to understand that as a man there are all aspects of me and so like you know not taking anything away from 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 being part of like a football tribe and feeling part of a community and you know going and expressing yourself and like yeah and like a passion and like you know having to focus and that that tribal element it's like that that just because i'm sensitive i can also lean into that as well and be like a leader and like brave and courageous and like passionate but at the same time i've got it in me to to really soften and to to like sit and be compassionate and empathetic and, and loving with someone too. And it's like, we, I think we live in this world that right from the word go, we, these social constructs are created around what we are meant to be. And it's like one part of what mm. a man is one yeah. part, not to deny that part and not, and like, you know, the fact I'm sensitive isn't saying it doesn't mean I can't ever be a warrior. Yeah. But it's like, why, why do we have to be that, that just that one bit? Why can't we allow ourselves to be all of who we are as a man? And, you know, like I, I, 
I've done like loads of men's work with with like real kind of tough, strong guys, mm. you know, who've like their their careers have been like special forces or you know police force or professional sportsmen or all this kind of stuff, and um, and that's the the identity that they've labelled themselves all the way through, and they've played that role the whole way. Right. And it's almost like they've missed, they've been missing. There's been this ache inside of them that like they couldn't work out what that was and for me it's just like well you're not tapping into this other part of you that's still yeah. alive that you know was there this you know almost this sensitivity if you like or for me it's like this whole concept sensitivity is just part of love like as a general area and it's like yeah you're missing that part of you that just wants to love and connect to human beings yeah because it doesn't fit into this identity that society has told you to be do you know what i mean it's so interesting like that like the idea of um social constructs is like such a such a weird thing. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I, it feels like somehow we've been duped into this idea that like masculinity is a zero sum game, and like it, like you can. It's almost like there are a limited amount of characteristics that any one person can have and you've got a trade like you've got a like it's like top trumps or pokemon cards or something where you're like all right well i'll give you i want sensitivity so to have sensitivity you give me that and i'll give you leadership and i won't have that or like like all of these different areas it's like you can have there's only so much that you can experience um and femininity is off the table, right? You can swap bits of masculinity out for bits of femininity, but you can't have both. Um, when actually, like, there's so, so much to experience. Like, there, like I remember the first time I went um, to, like, a, a nail salon. And, it like, it's so weird also because I, I have three older sisters. So it's me, my mum and my dad and three older sisters. So I grew up in those kinds of environments. You know what I mean? At, at the hair salon, at the nail salon, being there while people are getting this stuff done um, and just being, I just knew from a young age, it wasn't really for me. Do you know what I mean? And I, there was a time when I, it must've been about five years ago now when one of my ex-partners bought me um, a, like a mani-pedi treatment. And I remember going and, and just feeling very uncomfortable. Like, ah, oh, this is not, like I'm not supposed to be here um, and like fig trying to figure out like if I should change the way that I'm speaking if I should like try and appear to be softer if I should talk about different things like do I have to negotiate like parts of myself to be in that space um and then like they they started doing the stuff and I just re like instantly relaxed and was like oh like this is so nice and they gave me a pair of headphones and like just friends with Justin Timberlake and I think it's Mia Kunis or something was playing on this little, little TV and I remember like thinking oh like I don't have to do anything like I can just be here and enjoy it um, and it was that like a, what was weird was it was like almost exactly the same feeling as being in the barbers do you know like when you get like that 30 minutes where you can just switch off and like somebody else is like looking after you and it feels like pampering and I know men wouldn't describe like we we tend to not use words like that like to describe the feeling and um, but it's almost like a like a weird community form of therapy where like you just get to sit there and like talk about anything that you want to talk about somebody's just going to listen to you for half an hour um, and like look after you and it, like the touch feels nice and all but it's like oh why why do men have like specific places where they're allowed to do that and not allowed to do that. And women have spaces where they're allowed to do that and not, and when we don't cross, like we don't ever go into each other's spaces. Um, but like that's that kind of like social construct, I guess means that we're very aware of like the spaces that we're allowed to be in. Um, and then when you break that, it's like super, and I, like, I think there's this illusion also like in progressive like thought that everything comes easily do you know what i mean like you just do the thing and then it's done and like now you're super emotionally literate and like you're the new like evolved man um and it doesn't work like that at all do you know what i mean like it's it's so hard um and it's a lot of like showing up for yourself and like forcing yourself through things um and trying to process emotion often again like without the skills to do it um so sometimes it helps to have help but like yeah definitely like that that idea of like things being socially constructed i find so so interesting yeah and i i just listening to you then when you walked into that the, the nail salon and it's like you know this part of you that's like uh oh, this isn't comfortable i shouldn't be here this is not right 
like for me that is just the message that's been portrayed to you and like our, our thoughts impact how we feel right and if we're starting to so, and this is where I think we get confused. You, you're, you're like the, the, the message that's been thrown into your mind all the time is men don't go to nail salons. And they don't sit and relax and talk about stuff and things yeah. like that. It's like absolute no, no. So you're walking in there and these thoughts naturally are coming into you and then you create this feeling of unease. And then we're like, oh, I feel uneasy here. It's clearly I'm just not meant to be here. When it's all just been created by the message that's in, been brought into our mind by society as a whole. When actually if we take away that, if we don't think about it and we just go and sit on a na- nail salon, and we just have a conversation with that. All the thoughts going through our head. It's just like we're just being there, having having a nice experience. Yeah. Like what? Like what? It's nothing more, right? Yeah. You're literally just like enjoying a moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and yeah. also like there's no pressure on you to to perform in a certain way. Like there's no expectation of you to be a certain thing. So whatever you are, it's like you say, like you've worked with really tough guys. And what I find so interesting about those guys is that it's like people often describe it as like a, a a softer side or like a different side of that person but it doesn't erase the hard bit do you know what i mean like it doesn't erase the like it's not like they just switch off who they are and are suddenly this completely different person it's like when you see like bodybuilder dads playing with their daughters um and like doing like i don't know there's these videos on instagram where there used to be these videos on instagram all the time of like men like having tea parties with their daughters and stuff um and it's like in those in that moment they can't turn off who they are do you know what i mean they can't not be this dude that they've built up to be they are also that person and that is also genuine and true about them um but there's another side of them like maybe that loving side or that nurturing side that caring part of them um that they've probably been taught for a long time doesn't exist um or that is not meant to be there um and seeing that part come out of a person is also like equally beautiful as beautiful as seeing them like break a personal best record you know what i mean lifting weight that they haven't lifted before um and neither of those things has to be bad or negative like it's just i think like i think that that's the whole crux of the masculinity conversation is not like a prescriptive answer of like oh masculinity was this and now it needs to be this i think it's just like masculinity is not really a thing and like actually you get to experience the full range of like life and you can be whatever and whoever you want to be as long as there are some caveats of like not fucking other people over or trying to not hurt other people and thinking about those parts is probably what becomes more important um but then like anything within that is like do what you want do you know what i mean like whatever you like do that if it's like formula one and race cars or football or sports or like science or whatever it might be or drag race i don't know do you know what i mean like anything just do it bro because it's like enjoy your life i think yeah totally it's like men are human beings and women are human beings and they're, yeah. they're, 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 they don't need to be constructs in amongst that and it's but we're so conditioned aren't we we want to be accepted it's like it's our wiring and our brain that we want to be accepted and society presents this picture of what is you know like i mean for me like and i'd be interested to hear this from you as well actually but for me growing up as a, as a child the, the picture was presented very clearly as to what i would how i have to thrive as a man hmm. you know it's very very clear and like looking around i always say this but i can't help but refer in fact i refer to james bond in fact this time you know, james <laughs> bond, like, that was like what a man you know and, and like he never got rejected from women he never hmm. sort of showed emotions but got the girls used them and then he was gone and like always on his terms everyone looked at him he walked in the room he was strong he like he was ruthless there were, you didn't see emotions. You never crumbled. It was absolutely like dead eye focused and no, no, never any, any like, you know, challenging emotions, you know, that, and, and he's the, like, and then I talk about Rambo and Terminator and all these kind of, that's all I saw. Never did I see like a hero shown to me as a man who, um, you know, was, was so loving, so devoted to his family, was just the most amazing dad, like he could pour his heart out and just made everyone feel so beautiful and safe and, and warm and tender and like all this kind of never that like that wouldn't that wasn't setting. Mm-hmm. So like right from the word go, that's what I saw as in, in terms of role models. And that, that's where I have hope now is that people like you and you're standing on stage, you're doing a talk the TED talk, um, boys, boys will be boys and the work that you're doing with the um the Good Lad Initiative. Um, and all this kind of like showing actually you're standing there as a role model and, and kids growing up going, oh, wow, like actually, you know, all that stuff I've seen in the playground or on the TV all the time, this guy's a bit different to that. And actually he's still pretty cool and still like manly and doing his thing. But mm-hmm. he's also showing me that I can be that bit that I've always thought I couldn't be. And yeah. that like gives me hope, you know, I don't know how yeah. it was for you, like what you, how you see all that. 
Yeah, man. Like, it's so interesting. I was thinking about this the other day in terms of, like, role models and kind of images of masculinity. And I grew up in, like, a... um, a big cricketing family, which is really interesting also because I, I like growing up, I never really saw cricket as a masculine thing. It like, it obviously was, cause it definitely wasn't feminine. Like I never saw any women playing cricket, but it just wasn't not like, macho, is it? yeah, it wasn't football. It wasn't like, I mean, even football is not, I don't know. I don't think it's that masculine, but like, it wasn't that like model of archetypical masculinity, but all of the like men in my family played cricket to a pretty high level. Um, and I was the only one that re- didn't really like it. Like I didn't really enjoy it. I hated, hated standing outside. I wasn't very good at it. Like when it's so interesting, I think b- because of the like lack of that love of football, like I didn't have the same role models as other kids had. So other kids when I was growing up were like, oh yeah, David Beckham or Ronaldinho or like those. And I was like, who the hell is that? Like, I don't know what we're talking about. Um, and my shit was like Power Rangers. And like like you say, like I used to watch James Bond with my gran. Um, and I remember like, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like conscious where to the point where I was like, oh, James Bond is a man and that's what I want to be like. But it was just like, I would watch it and be like, that's what men are like. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what they, that's obviously what they do. Like they walk into the room and kill people and then get the woman. And like, she might say no, but then she says yes, because she obviously wants to be with him because he's the coolest fucking guy in the world. Um, And uh, then also like on the flip side of that, I had I hadn't realized this until the other day, but gr- like, I think growing up in church, I had this like real picture of like I guess what I'd call like a biblical kind of masculinity that was like um, very very patriarchal, still very like dominant. Men are the head; they're they're the leader. Like they run the family, they make the decisions. Like all of the responsibility falls on them, um, and then this kind of image of like dude in the sky god who's like um powerful and jealous and like vengeful and like like affects things and like that decision is final um and i i think that kind of version of masculinity was very mirrored for me and my dad in terms of like this is the role that men play at and they are they are the final say they make the, the final decision like they are the authority they're the disciplinarian um and then and then also like a picture of like Jesus that was like and I'm not like spiritual uh, or religious anymore um I was like when I was growing up but like this picture of um a guy who like I didn't realize this until I got a lot older um who was like maybe quite countercultural in terms of like masculinity and what people would have expected, but also very archetypically masculine, like was a carpenter and worked with his hands and like used to walk around and everybody wanted to follow him and like, but also was like really nice to women when in a time when people weren't necessarily really nice to women um, and was like nonviolent and and peaceful. And like, I don't know, it was just like a, a big, and I like now looking back on when I was growing up and all of those different versions of masculinity that I had, it's really interesting to see what that has kind of turned into in me. Do you know what I mean? And like where I pull those elements and where those elements pull me without me knowing um, or without me necessarily being conscious. Um, and I like one thing that definitely came up for me was like this idea of men are regardless of whether they want women or they don't want women, men are meant to have women. Do you know what I mean? Like women are meant to follow men and they're meant to want to be around them. And then like, you're meant to be charismatic and you're meant to be charming. And that's, yeah, that's such an interesting concept. Cause I always wonder like, what would have happened if I didn't like, if I wasn't attracted to women, like what would, what would life have been like? How, how, do, how does a person who grows up in a world that tells them there is one way of being become comfortable with being another way like where at what point does that happen and how do you like negotiate that for yourself and it's just shit isn't it that like people have to negotiate um again like the idea of like the zero sum game where it's like oh like here's this bit you can take this and i'll have that and it just feels like very very heavy but those were definitely like the pictures of masculinity that i had and it was a very like jumbled picture um with loads of different types and i think one thing that was nice was like there was like this kind of sensitivity 
fit bit or the, the sensitivity kind of space wasn't, I don't feel like it was completely shut down for me because of maybe Christianity. Um, but also then in practice, it was completely shut down. Like there were no men who were emotional. I think church just became like another space that was the same as like a football stadium where like for a couple of minutes, you're allowed to like express something and then shut it down, like pack it up. We're going back out into the real world. There's no space for it. Um, but yeah, those that that was there. I don't know if that even answers the question, but that was what came to mind for me. No, it's perfect. I can't remember what the question was, but I was just enjoying listening to you. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Vernon Kay. And I'm Holly Mackay. And we're here to tell you about our brand new podcast, Parenting Past the Pandemic, brought to you by Aviva. Yes, we're going to be delving into a whole heap of parenting topics from the generational gap to online safety. And some of the big topics which have come up through the pandemic, such as helping to manage our kids' anxieties and how we can affect the world they'll grow into. Parenting Past the Pandemic. Find it wherever you found this podcast. I've got so many questions that I'd like really like, I'd love to get to. I'm conscious like this could turn into a four hour episode, which is like neither of us got time for. It's not possible. Go for but, it. <laughs> no, no, no. Because no. I think we've, we've, we've got a limit on this. But what I do want and what, what feels really important to me right now is to talk about obviously men are under attack a little bit at the moment um, with everything going on. And, you know, there's no doubting men, of course, like a whole lot of destruction and violence. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not only, uh, I guess, as, as, as a, you know maybe for for the two of us sitting here as two guys who are kind of trying to trying to do positive things i think it's fair to say i don't want to blow our own trumpet but you know we 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 we're, this matters to us um it's quite a challenging time because i i do i have a lot of compassion for men like i don't like i know the journey that we're on and and i and i and i believe in the good in men's hearts but mm-hmm. i also see the way that society pulls us and 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 what it leads us to become against our sort of greater knowing inside of us. So like, you know, like I, when I look at myself, I made mistakes in my twenties. Like I did some, some nothing like, you know, I was always staying on the right side, but I made some mistakes and was I a bad person? No. Was I a bit lost? Yeah. And did society sort of lead, show me that this is what I should be doing? Yeah. And did I have enough of a conscious to, to not to cross boundaries? Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I did stay on the right side, but you know, it could easily have, I could have got pulled further and further. Like it could, it's not difficult. So I, I do have like a lot of compassion, even for the men who, you know, make bad mistakes. And I've done talks in prisons and I'm sure you, you've, you've done similar experiences where you've met kids who have done bad things or young adults or adults who've done bad things, but underneath it, you still see a good person. Yeah. I, I imagine. Right. And like, how does all that sort of fit for you? Because I feel like we, we need to have compassion for men. Yeah. I also understand that's hard because we've done so much bad stuff. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a, it's such a tough conversation, tougher at this particular moment in time, um, because of the like the climate in culture and society. But I, I think, what do I think about this? So I think, um, 
I'm trying, like one of the things that I'm trying to learn at the moment is not to see things in terms of a binary. So not to look at people as like good or bad. I think people make good and bad decisions. Um, and I've been like, like you say, like I've, I've made good and bad decisions um, on like really low levels on slightly bigger levels. Um, and I've been really, I guess, fortunate in that my bad decisions didn't have the same impact as some other people's bad decisions. Um, and I think, I guess there's, I guess there's two parts of it. One, one is that you are completely right. Like, like men need compassion. Um, and I think that's something that they've been starved of. Uh, and, uh, if you're not a man, it's probably like, I think in the same way that for a, like, well, not in the same way. I got, I've got to really think about this hard because this is such a good question. So what I think is men need compassion and men probably need spaces to be able to do that work. I think one of the things that we struggle with um, as a group is that is this idea of like taking accountability. I, and I don't know if I still even know what that really looks like. Do you know what I mean? Like we live in, we live in a world where there is a, uh, punitive justice system um and where like when people do bad things they get shipped away to like bad people place and are punished for their crimes and we pretend that it's like uh rehabilitation but it's not because they come out and end up doing the same things really quickly again and often worse things and like the, the, that system for like what it looks like for a person to take accountability and learn and understand the impact of their behavior and then change that behavior i don't think is really modeled for us anywhere in society so then i think as men like how do we know how to do that how do we know what to do and we are the ones with power right so then like in in a world that prefers us and in a world that like is set up for us to be able to like thrive and and for many of us to be able to do really bad things and get away with it when we are not getting away with it anymore like what does it look like for that to change i don't know if there's a, a successful model out there for us to look at and say oh we need to do that um and so i think a lot of that is gonna take a lot of compassion um and a lot of work and a lot of grafting particularly from other men which is hard because you never want to position yourself as like i'm i'm the guy that got it right um, and I'm the guy because like you say, like I, I could have made different decisions or like maybe I did make different decisions and I just got away with a bunch of them or nobody's ever like come to terms with stuff or like there's so many things that could happen in so many different ways that conversation could go. But then the other the other part of it, I think, is that at the moment, like women and and marginalized genders, non-binary folk are like angry. And I think that like that is justified and it's valid and and like part of our responsibility as men now is holding space for that and i don't think we're very good at that like i don't think i don't think we're very good at being on the other side of the conversation and there's a, there's a quote that says um for those who are accustomed to privilege equality often feels like oppression um and i think that's the space that we are in as men at the moment where it feels like shit like now we're under attack and everybody's trying to get us and everybody like when actually people are just pissed off like at the thousands and thousands of years of oppression that they've been experiencing. And so like, I remember the first time like when I just started this job, it was maybe the first time that I'd gone to the women of the world festival at South bank center. And I remember being in a space and really wanting to contribute to a discussion that was going on and just feeling this feeling in the room of like, this is not, the space for you to talk like you just shut up <laughs> just sit here and listen and learn and understand um and again as men like we're not really good at doing that do you know what i mean um so i think there's i think that there's different parts to this and everybody plays different roles in it as well right so there's one part of it that is um men need compassion and they need love and and that compassion and that love can be really transformative. Um, I think personally, I would say, I don't know if it's fair to expect that from women or marginalized genders, because I feel like they've had to do that out of necessity, sometimes for survival, um, sometimes for like desire to, to want men in their lives to change. But like women have had to do that for so long. Um, 
and men have not had to do that same piece of work and I think now maybe men need to learn to do that piece of work for other men and and it's I don't think that that work is about having answers I don't think it's about like turning up and being like now there's a new way of being a man and this is what we're doing now and you guys need to change um but I think it's a lot of like unlearning and that unlearning is hard so like when we like good lad initiative we've had a rebrand so we're beyond equality now which is <laughs> which is dope um when we do work in schools and in universities in particular um one of the things that we say is like we we train men to go in and have those conversations with boys because we think that that's really important that, that that on one level there's that peer modeling mentoring kind of aspect going on um but another reason for that is because it's really hard for women to be in that space like it's re- it's really traumatizing and like triggering to like sit in a room full of 14 year old boys and hear them talk about what boys really talk about when they're 14 in terms of like women and sex and all that kind of stuff it's hard to be in a room like that as an adult woman and just not think these <laughs> children are evil children and um, but they're children right and and that's the other side of the conversation is like they, they haven't reached an age of um accountability yet they haven't they don't make their own decisions they are literally products of their environment um and so that i think that piece of work has to be done by men and for men um and then men another piece of work that men also have to do is hold in space for women and and non-binary folk and marginalized genders to be able to like process their emotion and their experience there's so much gaslighting that goes on do you know what i mean and like the easiest way for me to understand it is to think of my experience as a black person um and like there's a report that's come out that says there's no institutional racism in the uk and like i'm like (laughs) bro like i've experienced that shit from like four years old do you know what i mean like i know that that it's there um and i feel like men often do the same thing where it's like oh none of that stuff that you're saying really happens like it's not that bad or like oh is that really this or is that really and there's a discomfort that comes with like um as as we collectively like start to move forward in our understanding of like consent for example um there's a there's a really uncomfortable moment that comes when it comes to that taking accountability piece of like oh so like maybe when I was 14 and like I was walking around school slapping girls bums because I thought it was a fun game that was actually sexual assault and I have to take responsibility for that and 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 then there's also this part where it's like well I didn't like I everybody was doing that like I thought that that was normal and I thought that it was fine um, and then there's like a, a whole spectrum of that kind of shit where it's like really violent really aggressive really malicious acts and like really like um lower level uh, subconscious things or like things that nobody really cares about and I think as that changes like men are going to be increasingly uncomfortable um and so we've got to learn how to hold space for other men in in maybe male only spaces to have those moments and have those conversations and come to terms with that shit and process it and learn how to not do it and to teach other people to not do it um and to deal with consequences, like to take the consequences of of the actions and, and of the behaviors, uh, and I, like all of that. Like even now, sitting here, I can feel myself tensing up. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I can feel myself getting like, oh, this is really uncomfortable, but it is really uncomfortable. Um, and sometimes, like that work is just uncomfortable, and there's no like quick solution or easy way around it. And I think a lot of us want to get away, want to not have to come to terms or deal with the reality of our experience and and the lives that we've lived but they i don't know if there's a another way around that yeah it's tough man it's 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 hard bro it's so hard it is but you just i just loved what you said and you know it there's so many conflicts and challenges it's not just a simple two plus two is this and that's how it is there is so much to this that it is it is deeply complex and and you you know you articulated that really beautifully and, and thank you for sharing all that and i'm 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 like I'm so with you. Like it is twofold. On the one hand, we, you know, compassion is needed. On the other hand, now is not the time to expect it or demand it. It's <laughs> yeah. the time to hold space and and listen and learn and to get over beyond making this about ourselves and and what's going on with us. It's not. It's just not that time. But it, that and that is a really challenging thing for for men. That male psyche of trying to fix things and and yeah. rationalize rationally scrutinizing everything and all that stuff just doesn't 
fit into this complex conversation very well. Um, and, and you're completely right. Justice for me, like everything comes back to just men learning to hold space again. Hold space. Not we were so conditioned to, you know, like even at the simple level as a man, it's like who can speak the loudest? Who's the center of attention? Is the most is is the alpha, right? Like yeah. well done. Like nothing is is leading us to be to be a good listener. To just yeah. hold space for someone, just to like, hey, let me into your world. What's going on? And, and I'm just going to hear, and I'm not going to judge or change or, or make fix it or anything else. I'm just going to listen so I understand your world a bit better. Yeah, like that is just a, such a foreign concept. I, I didn't even consider that, let alone know how to do it or anything else for 30 years. Yeah, you know, and yeah, so that that holding space, like I kept hearing that, and it's just so so important. And um, yeah, um, brother, I want to ask one more thing because I know time is ticking, but um. I'd love to just ask a question of like, like healthy masculine friendships. Like, how do they how do they show mm-hmm. up for you? Because they've changed a lot for me in, in in time. And I think I like, I think there's a there's a lot of like masculine friendships that are fun and like playful and it's bravado and it's taking the piss and da da da. But again, it's like that's just one spectrum of a friendship for me. And again, I, I don't want to remove that out of my friendships. But I feel like a lot of male friendships are missing another another part too. So I'd love to just hear like. How are your friendships? What are healthy masculine friendships in your world? Yeah, man. It's so it's it's so interesting. I've got like I I always say I've got like four friends, um, which is not true. I've got way more than four friends, but like I, I've got like a a group of friends. Um, so three three people, two guys, one girl that I like grew up with from maybe the age of like 14, 15, who are like my life like we do life together. Those are my friends. Um and they're all in like different spaces, like some of like maybe progressive, maybe not. Like, do you know what I mean? Like some of my friends are just like real people. Like they're just normal people out here in these streets, like living life. Um, and it's been so interesting, like coming into this, this like uh, professional world of like um, third sector and activism. And like, there's, there's like a coded language that we all use and like ways that we all speak and ways that like we say things like holding space. Some of my friends don't know what the fuck I'm talking about when I say holding space. You know what I mean? They're like, what is like, bro, (laughs) chill out. Um, and I think, uh, one of the beautiful things about like working for the beyond equality has been that it gave me access to a network of men who were all in a similar space of doing that kind of work on themselves and that kind of journey of exploration of like deconstructing masculinity and reconstructing it into something else that they wanted. But I also have friends who are not on that journey or who are right at the start of that journey or somewhere in that first little bit or like really far on. Um, And I think what what it actually looks like in practice for me is meeting people where they are and trying to push ourselves further so i have some friends where like um and I, and I, like like you said it, it's like healthy emotional friendships right and to be like to be like physically healthy you have to exercise you got to do shit you got to get up go to the gym go for a run do whatever go for a swim there are so many different ways of like exercising um and working on your physical health and all of them like yield different results and train different parts of your body or different muscles to do different things you can be like a swimmer and have a really strong like back and core um and really swimming is a bad example because that's like a full a really good full body workout but there are other like bits of exercise that you can do that only train specific parts of your body so i kind of look at it like that with my friends um and i think are like whenever i'm around people i want it to feel like we are all being stretched and we're all being pushed um and so for me like with my it's that feels really easy with like the people that I work with and that like the volunteers of my organization, cause they're constantly like doing that for me. But with my friends that aren't in that space, um, there are like other things that we have to do. Do you know what I mean? There are other like ways of like asking them how they are and really like being there for the answer of like how they are. Um, and it's not like, sunshine and rainbows every time do you know what i mean it's not like oh like this is a magical moment we've really connected sometimes like nine times out of ten it's the same answer um and on the tenth time you might be like bro like you always say the same shit like tell me how you really how you really feeling today um and then you might get like a little something um or i get yeah like i guess there's like i like one thing that i really remember that stands out for me was like the when i started to come to terms with understanding mental health for myself um, and and the space that I was in. And 
I'd gone to the doctors and been prescribed like antidepressants, um, been like recommended to do talking therapy and like where I like in my community that I grew up in there was no conversation about that like I'm sure there were people who were doing therapy or on antidepressants we just never spoke about it no one knew I didn't know that that was a thing um I remember sitting down to have a conversation with my friends about it and feeling like so deeply uncomfortable like to the point where I was like, are we even going to be friends after, like, after this? Like, what, what is, I've never seen it before. I don't know what happens. Like, how do you have that kind of conversation? But I think like, what I find is if I push myself, um, other people often feel like they can push themselves as well. Um, and it's nice also to be around people who do the pushing so that you can feel motivated to push. Um, but I think like both of those things are really important. And I know there's this kind of idea in like social justice circles of like, oh, if people don't get it, they're disposable. Or, like we like kick them to the side or leave them behind or like, oh, you need to protect your space or you need to protect your mental health or like all of this kind of stuff, which is important. Boundaries are important. Um, but also people are real people. And I wasn't always this person. I wasn't always the person that I am today. Um, and I'm only the person that I am today because people have literally held my hand and walked me through this journey. Um, so no matter who my friends are or where they are, like, I, I like to see it as like grabbing hands and like, sometimes they're pulling me and sometimes I'm pulling them, but we're both moving in the same direction towards something new. Um, and hopefully if we can do that, then 10 years from now, um, we'll all be feeling like a lot happier and healthier um, or at least be able to process the shit feelings together. Do you know what I mean? And and that that for me is enough. Like other than that, I don't really have like a, um, I wish there was like a silver bullet, like a one solution fixes all of the shit. But like in my experience, there's not. So it's literally just like, come on, like we'll do a little bit of it today or like we'll talk about something today or like talking to my friends about sexual assault. Um, and sexual harassment is like not a fun conversation um, and not something that we particularly know how to do. But if we don't do it, then it doesn't get done. So we've got to figure it out together. Um, and and then that that for me informs a lot of the work that I do in other spaces, because then I'm like, oh, if my friends understand it like this, then kids will understand it like this or adults in corporates might understand it like this or whatever. Um, and it also transforms my own understanding of stuff. So, yeah, that that is that was a really long answer. Feel free to edit any of this stuff down, <laughs> cut it, chop, chop it. But um, yeah, that's that's what I do with my friends, I think. No, I hear you. It's beautiful. It's providing a safe space to grow together. But mm. I think like like in, a, in, in, in the right direction, like, you know, like sometimes, you know, some friends are good and, and they'll sit with you and you'll go on a healthy journey and other friends perhaps like, yeah, maybe it's fun, but is this the person that I want to be? I don't know. And I think that's that's where we've all got to be accountable to ourselves, surround ourselves by people who inspire us to be the person that we want to be, take us on a journey with them. Um, but brother, I'm, I'm so grateful for you. I think your voice is so powerful. It's it, like it matters, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm honoured and just grateful to, to sit in the space and share the conversation with you. And um, I hope we get to meet in person. I hope we get oh, to, to share a stage or like, you know, like I'm so on board with what you do and who you are. So just thank you for sharing it with me and being part of this conversation. Thank you, bro. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing your your platform with me and for and for having a conversation like it so so often. I have conversations and it's just the same conversation over and over again, but this has been very enjoyable and very, very interesting. Um, and and it's also dope to hear your experiences. Do you know what I mean? And like, if you want to chat again, like definitely not on a podcast, like we can just once, once I get those jabs, we can like go and have a drink or chill out or whatever, man, because it's, that, it's good vibes. Definitely. Be, be real friends. Yeah. In real friends. life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for that for sure. Thank, Thank you, you so brother. Much. So grateful for you. Enjoy day. Thanks, love. brother. Oh, I love that conversation. I love sitting in this space. I'm so grateful that I get to have these conversations and to, and to connect with people like Ben. Um, it's my honour. And it just, especially right now, you know, I love these conversations around masculinity and men. It's so topical. It's so relevant. I want to be part of them. They matter to me. They matter to the world. And um, yeah, Ben, I'm just grateful for you. Keep sharing what you share. And thank you so much to everyone for listening. Um, I would love it if people helped support and, and shared this um please tag me if you if you share it in your story if you feel inclined that other men could hear this um i'm the naked professor on instagram we've got the naked professors podcast on instagram otherwise if you could rate review subscribe or follow us then that would be amazing too i'm really grateful for you listening and for being part of hearing our message and hopefully 
hopefully making the world a better place. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.